Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for girlfriend problems, marriage problems, and intimacy problems for men. And moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained the art of one flesh, divorce Combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 182nd episode, the Holy Lover series continues with its last gift with how to save my Catholic marriage or my wife has given up. And the last gift, gift is gift number 29, the top reason sex dies after marriage. I must warn you that today's content is meant for mature audiences. And if you're getting value from this podcast, please share it and give me a big thumbs up. And so we have our quote of the day, and it's a good one today. So let's do this. Quote, we have defined love as an ambition to ensure the true good of another person and consequently as the antithesis of egoism. Since in marriage, a man and a woman are associated sexually as well as in other respects, the good must be sought in this area too. From the point of view of another person, from the altruistic standpoint, end quote, St. Pope John Paul II, book, love and responsibility. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Okay, so today is another difficult subject. I know you guys probably think, man, this guy all he talks about is sex. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I've got over 180 episodes and a very small portion of them deal with sex. Um, just the reason that it seems like I'm dealing with sex lately um, is because, well, I'm at that part in my in my um, schedule, in in my content schedule, uh, because I'm putting things together for a, a a booklet. And so I'm doing things in a certain order. Okay. And so these podcasts and these scripts will be used for that booklet to create um, a, a book, probably be a hundred to probably a hundred page, something like that. Something really short and something really good to read quick. Okay. Okay. So I want to expand on today's quote of the day real quick. Um, and to, and to kind of understand where the church is coming from, um, 
when it comes to the good of another, the good of sex. Okay. So when it says he's saying the good, you know, that's um, that we should seek the good of another, of one another, which is love, right. Um, in during the sex act as well. And that's very important because people, we get off track and we don't really understand what, what the marital embrace is really about. And so I try my best to change the minds of people when it comes to, to, to the Holy caress. I really do because we have this disordered thing in our society when it comes to sex. Um, and that's not how God intended us to think about it. Yeah. I talk about sex on occasion, probably more than, well, I talk about sex more than most Catholics do. Um, most Christians too. The reason why is I understand that I don't look at sex as being like dirty and un- uncalled for, or uh, I don't look at it in the, those derogatory terms. I look at it as a self union, a unity between spouses, which is the third reason for marriage. Okay. The unity of the spouses. Um, and the third reason, that's the third reason God created marriage. So it's the third reason God created marriage and we don't ever talk about it. It makes no sense. And so today, um, to expand on the day's quote, sex must be pure as purity denies lust, which opens doorways to the demonic and harms the soul. We had to understand when we start participating in making love, there are certain things that we're not supposed to do. And then if we do, it starts to harm our soul, which opens up the door to the demonic. Okay. Sex must involve God. That is a people have that's a that's a thing that people really think they think that god should not be in my bedroom that uh sex is dirty that sex is not meant to be um it's not important enough to be talked about between spouses and things like that um the only reason i talk about sex is my job i talk about sex because sex is my job okay so you know in the church you're allowed to talk about things and to help people when it's your job. Um, but usually you wouldn't, if you were married to a woman or married to your husband, you wouldn't go out and tell other people about your intimate details inside your bedroom. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So sex must involve God and inside the bedroom. Um, and the reason why is because it takes three to make love. It really does. And as you're going to see over this series, hopefully um, we'll get done today. I completely doubt it because it's a it's a lot of material it'll probably be this whole week the three episode series but you guys are used to that (laughs) um so sex must involve god the other the next thing is sex must not be egotistic which is what saint john paul pope saint john paul was talking about sex must not be egotistic it must not involve the i it must always involve the we okay when we talk about god our spouse um, and in ourself, this is the we, you know, um, and people wonder why their sex life dies. Well, it dies for one thing because because of the because the lust. Um, and we'll go over what exactly what that means later. And then the last thing I want to expand on in from the today's quote is sex must include love, which is defined as willing the good of another. That is the church's and Jesus Christ definition of love, willing the good of another. Okay, so what does that mean? That means will you use your will to love? You don't use your emotion to love. Right. So willing the good of another means you do what is best for that person. So for your spouse, when you're making love, you you do in the bedroom what's best for your your spouse's soul. I know that's a that's a that's a that's a serious 
crazy concept, I know. But this is why we're all disordered when it comes to sex. We don't understand it. Because we're in the we're in the bedroom doing what we what we want to do, which is to what serve ourselves. Um, and so I want to over this next three three shows this week. I really want to help you guys to truly understand a little bit better the immorality things, the moral point of sex, of what that the wrong things in the bedroom can really how it can hurt you, hurt your spouse, and your relationship with God. Okay, this is the date. Look, y'all, this is the day to day. Down home, real world, real life stuff. Okay. And this is why I want to bring it to you. So now to Catholic Alpha's radical rant of the day, how to save my marriage. My wife is giving up the top reason sex dies after, after we are married. And today is gift 29. This is the last of the Holy Lover gifts. This will be all 33 of them. The reason I'm doing 29 is because I did four gifts in, in one series. Um, okay, so this is the last one. So, which states, gift 29, a holy lover recognizes the difference between eroticism and intimacy. Oh my God. Think about what I just said. A holy lover recognizes the difference between eroticism and intimacy. Jerry, what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> so let's develop an understanding of what eroticism, in essence, lust and intimacy, holy lover sex actually are. In this short series, we're going to dissect intimacy and eroticism to help you understand how Satan enters what can seem to be so innocently the love between a married couple and turn it into a source of evil and a road to the diabolical spreading throughout their bedroom, marriage, and ultimately their family. So intimacy, which I call holy lover sex in my program, in which uh, Dr. Um, Popcheck, he calls holy sex. I call it holy lover sex. Basically, I added the reason I call it holy lover sex because it's my my own thing, and I've added other stuff to up to above and beyond what he's talking about. Okay? Um, so intimacy, Holy lover sex versus eroticism, lust. So we're talking about holy sex, how to have holy sex. Holy sex is what? What God would want, how God would want you to do to improve your soul, to improve the bond between you, your wife, and you and yourself, you know, to 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 that grace that you get. Uh, because when we make love to our wife, we are renewing our marriage vows. Okay. This is how important the marital embrace is. And most people, I feel so sorry for them. They miss, they miss out on the true, um, the true intimacy of long-lasting, intimate love between a man and a woman. And, dude, if you're doing it right, the love between you and your wife won't die. It'll be very hard for it to die. And I don't mean doing it right mechanically. I mean doing it right that involves God and you and her and your souls together along with God. You know, of course you need the mechanical part, but we've talked about the we've talked about the mechanical part enough. Let's talk about the soul part, the part, the part that you need that's part of the mechanical part, right? Just like the body and the and the and the soul, right? The flesh. You need the flesh and you need the soul, right? You need both. Just like with, with intimacy, you need you need mecha the mechanics. And you need the soul part to protect your soul. Okay. So intimacy versus eroticism. Quite simple. Eroticism is lust. Eroticism gives you all of the pleasure of intimacy, but with 
one difference. The pleasure doesn't last. And remember, lust is what? One of the offenses against chastity, which chastity is a virtue which um, which uh, controls and tempers our um, sexual pleasurable appetites. OK, so um, again, eroticism gives you all the pleasure of intimacy, but with one difference, the pleasure doesn't last. Ever heard? Does that sound familiar? It's like drinking a cup of coffee. Your heart rate rises for an hour or so. Then the high fizzles out, doesn't it? Same with eroticism. It has no basis in love. In fact, society pushes eroticism hard. Why? Because our culture is based on selfishness. We aren't going to take the time to build real intimacy. That's a foreign concept. Eroticism and lust are a favorite pastime of the evil one. If he can manipulate you into engaging in contraception, sex outside of marriage, masturbation, pornography, same-sex attraction, he has your soul. And guess what? It will be hard for you to get it back. Eroticism isn't real love. I'll refer to eroticism as pseudo-love, false, fake, or unreal. And if lust is, is our norm, our marriage will fail more often sooner than later. In contrast, though, intimacy is different. It builds and builds and lasts for as long as you cultivate it, which means you don't allow lust in, in it. Okay? Intimacy is of absolute and total goodness, which means you include the father and let him guide you. Why? Because he created you and only wants the best for you. He has your best interest at heart. He's even given you a plan to help you through the maze. More often than not, we don't listen. Well, you know, we're broken. And so a lot of people don't really, they think that the Ten Commandments are rules. I know somebody's going to say, well, of course they're rules, but it's not rules like do what I say or else kind of rule. It's a rule of I love you. I have your best interest in heart. And this is what's going to keep a lot of pain out of your life and suffering. Okay. If if you look at the two different, is this they're different. Just like your kid, you your kid is look, hey, you can't go out in the street, man, because you're gonna get hit by a car. Is that a rule because you're just trying to control your child and to get your child to do what you say? Or is it a rule that okay, you have your child's best interest in heart and you love your child and you don't want your child to get hurt? Think about that. That's how you got to look at God, man. Really, we got to start looking at Christ and his church differently than we have been taught in stupid society that just wants to corrupt us. God would not make certain things the way they are if it wasn't good for your soul, which is the ultimate goal of all of us. He wants he, he wants you with him. And so when you look at it like that, he is your father. He is your father. And so. And a father wants the best for his children and he protects them and he defends them and he even serves them. Okay. So in a series I did a while back, uh, episodes 49 through 71 of the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast, I gave you 33 clues to help you understand how and why your marriage may be or definitely is in trouble and how to avoid it. But I know men, we just refuse to listen. And when it comes to marriage relationships, and when we do listen, we've avoided the problem so long that we find ourselves in what the church calls marriage crisis, meaning divorce, separation, no sex, arguing constantly, etc. 
But in the Holy Lover series, I give husbands solutions in case they didn't heed my warnings in the Clues My Wife Wants a Divorce series. Again, episodes 49 through 71, if you want to listen to that series. Or a husband has come to this podcast after that series and needs help in getting out of marriage crisis. I also make a bold, bold claim that these 33 gifts will satisfy and fulfill your beloved wife forever if embraced. I must also be completely transparent and honest. A husband cannot do this on his own and expect to completely feel, fulfill his wife. He needs help and marriage coaching help to be exact. Why? Because he needs help, guidance, in the act of building many habits to achieve this greatness. We all, if realize, and if we haven't realized, we're starting to realize that marriage is the hardest relationship on this earth to get great. But the battle for greatness is always 10 times worth the struggle. The Holy Lover series, How to Save Your Marriage When Your Wife Has Given Up, 33 gifts that will satisfy her forever will help and they work, but it's always required a husband to be a man of action. Again, I ask, are you a holy lover? Which means becoming the man God created you to be and becoming the husband that your beloved wife needs. If you are not, then my friend, it is time to get to work. No more excuses. It's time for us as husbands to enter the battle. I must ask, what will you do as a man? Will you return to your man cave or enter the battle for Christ, your wife, and children? There are only third three gifts of a holy lover. Third three gifts to the satisfaction and for fulfillment of your beloved. Really? Today we cover holy lover gift number 20, 29, which states, a holy lover recognizes the difference between eroticism and intimacy. As a man and the defender of home, of your home from evil, I have the only question left is to answer is, will you cooperate? And after the break, we'll get down to the nitty gritty. I hope we're warmed up appropriately. Stay with me, guys. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Hey, 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 we are back, y'all. We are back. So let's get down to business. And we are going to cover some good stuff. And I hope that you stay with me for the rest of the next 40 minutes. And I will try my best to entertain you and give you some knowledge of God. 
um, and how to make your marriage the best that it can be, even if you are in marriage crisis. So the top reason sex dies after marriage, that's what we all want to know. And it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And today is gift 29, and we're going to be talking about the difference between eroticism and intimacy, which I call holy lover sex. Um, and and eroticism is basically lust, okay? So before dismissing my arguments, gentlemen, before dismissing my arguments, please try your best to consider the many ways sex done outside the love of God and his rules have really hurt you, your wife, and others that have cooperated with you even before you were married. Many times the truth can pierce us and cause anger, shame, and frustration. Honestly, this is a good thing. It is the Holy Spirit bringing you to the truth of our Lord. This is a complicated subject, and so to help tackle it, I'm using three resources in conjunction with my own writings to help bring this content out. So these are three good resources that you guys can, can really look to um, to help you with this subject, okay? Resource number one is uh, Holy Sex, A Catholic Guide to Toe-Curling, Mind-Blowing, Infallible Loving by Dr. Gregory Popcheck, PhD. Resource two is Father John A. Harden, Chastity and Charity in Marriage from the Institute on Religious Life, Sacrament of Matrimony Series, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 1993. And resource three, is a video by Father Chad Ripperker on his series on marriage, conjugal chastity. Okay. So then those in conjunction with those three resources, um, the main thing about uh holy sex, Catholic uh Dr. Popcheck's book is I it does an awesome, great job of explaining the difference between eroticism and lust. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, eroticism and holy sex and, and being holy in the bedroom um, and the, what that means and the difference between it. And you'll see here a little bit. OK, so presenting the top 10 reasons sex dies after marriage, holy lover, sex, intimacy, intimacy versus eroticism, lust. So number one, the number one top reason is the couple refuses to allow the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in their bedroom. Now, before you dismiss what I'm saying, give me a chance. <laughs> give, give me a chance to explain, guys, please. Before you cut me off, give me a chance. Okay, so number one, the couple refused to allow the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit into the bedroom. We must bring God inside the bedroom. Prayer for grace in your marriage daily. Normal prayer routine before sex. Prayer just before prayer. Pray just before sex. Pray during sex and pray after sex. Why? Because bringing God in your bedroom, you get grace. This is the number one reason you want to bring God inside your bedroom. You and your wife can pray separately. You can pray together before. You can pray after, however you want to do it. But I advise you to do that. Um, and the reason why is because of grace. The grace that bo grace bonds us together with God, with our with our wife. And if we understand that, there's no way in heck you wouldn't you wouldn't say a private prayer, even with yourself before you and your wife or while you and your wife are making love. OK. This is why sex dies. It's one of the main reasons why sex dies after marriage is because before marriage, 
we humping like bunny rabbits. Then after we get married, all the lust goes after a year or two. And then what are we left with? The eroticism is gone because as you heard, as I explained earlier, eroticism is, is, is doesn't last long. It's temporary. Okay. Um, and so, but when you, in, in, for intimacy, when you involve God, it lasts, it, it, it cultivates, it grows, it brings you closer. Why? Because of the grace. Okay. Um, again, each time you make love, you and your wife are renewing your marital vows. Try to look at it like that. Every time you and your wife make love, you, you're looking at this as we are renewing our, our covenant, our contract, marital contract with God and ourselves. Because that's what you really are doing. It's the it's called one flesh. You're creating love. Okay. And if you already have children, you have created that love. And so you make love even after you can't have kids anymore. You make love to what? To 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 spread marriage to the world. You have a responsibility to give that love of a beautiful couple together in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you're giving that gift back to the world. And that is so important. You can say an Our Father. You can pray a rosary. You can you can say three Hail Marys, or you can pray a married couple's prayers. There are plenty of married couple's prayers that, that, you, could, that you could pray, okay? Again, it takes three to make love, gentlemen. It takes three to make love. The essence of sexual pleasure is this. If we are naturally selfish, born selfish, then naturally this easily presents itself inside the bedroom during our lovemaking. Just like now, if you're listening to me and you, you cannot, you know, you're, you're not really sure about the, you know, what you should be doing in the bedroom. If you guys are doing some things that are a little wacky and, and you think that might be going against God, sometimes it is, sometimes it ain't, but you can call uh, 313 Radical, and you can we could talk about it, okay, and, and ask a question. Or if you want, you can ask a question in the comments, okay? I probably shouldn't do that because then nobody will never call. <laughs> but on this subject here, it's important that if you have a question that you ask it, okay? So for the selfishest reason alone, we must invite the divine lover into our session. We must invite God into our room. It removes lust. When we do that, it renews our marriage vows and ignites our long-lasting intimacy for our beloved. And when we talk about intimacy, remember, intimacy grows. It it it, it brings us together, man. It gets better. It's long-lasting because of the grace from God. You see what I'm saying? Okay. This is why we can't go against the chastity, the virtue of chastity. There are, there are seven or eight offenses against chastity. And, and when we go against chastity, we we all we we invite the diabolical into our rooms. That's why chastity is a very important virtue. Okay, love is meant to be shared. Sex is love. God created sex, and it's pure love Himself. Therefore, the very essence of sex demands that it be shared with our beloved and God. Therefore, the essence of sex should never be experienced alone, as it is an offense to God, the world, and the universe. So we experience sex alone. So basically, we, you know what I'm saying? Pornography or uh, masturbation. The reason, one of the main reasons, I'm not going to go into, I'll, I'll talk about masturbation, pornography a lot, but not on this point particularly. Love, what you got to understand about masturbation is 
it goes against the law of the very universe itself. Because why? Love is meant to be shared. We are not to experience love on ourselves. People say, well, if I, I got to love myself before I can love anybody else. Man, that's craziness. No man, that's just, a, that's just a talking point that you hear on TV or something. With men, we've got to love, we've got to, we've got to love through our will. You, which means what? I love my wife today, even though I don't feel like loving my wife today. I love my wife tomorrow, even though I don't feel like loving my wife tomorrow. I'm a lover anyway. Men, we never, if you think about yourself as a man, we never do anything that we don't use, that's not involved in our will or our duty. Why? Because if you say, because if people say, well, you just, you know, you need, you need to be good for yourself. If I want to be good for myself, well, I want to go play some video games. <laughs> I want to play, I want to play some Madden. I want to go to the golf course. I want to eat uh, 10 donuts. You know, if, if you, you would tell a man, well, you should try to be trying to do this for yourself. Men, they're going to do it. They're going to do what they want to do, aren't they? But if you say I'm to a man, you challenge his manhood. You say, hey, man, you need to go do this. This is your wife, man. This is your children. You're going to lose your wife and your children, man, because you're selfish. You know, this is what you're going to do. And so then he starts to say, well, it's my duty. It's your duty to fix your marriage. It's your duty to involve God in your bedroom. Why? Because you're trying to will the good of your wife. That's what love is, right? Men, we do things because of duty, because of responsibility, because it's painful, you know, um, and most people don't understand that. They think, well, you know, well, you just do what you want to do. Yeah, you tell I can do what I want to do. I'm a man. I'm going to do what I want to do, which is what? I don't want to go work. <laughs> so I'm going to stay home and do what I want to do. Right? Okay. So next. Um, so the that is the very essence of sex, which is demanded to be shared. This is why masturbation is, it, it turns us in as men up on ourselves, which is what Satan did. He, he The evil of Satan, he only thought about himself. I've got to please myself. The thing that you guys got to understand about the angels is this. We, a lot of people go, people go, well, man, Satan could change his mind. The angels could change his mind. Why did God like banish him right to hell? Angels can't change their mind. You know why? Because God infused in them all the pre-natural pre, 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 gifts. And so angels, they know, they know everything. They know the deal about God. They, they're not like us. God infused them with the knowledge. So when the angel makes a decision, he not, he's not going to change that. That's why God banished a third of the angels to hell. Because once they made the decision of I'm not going to serve, then that's what they decided. So that's what Satan did. He turned it up, on, you know, even though he rejected the pure love of God. He rejected all of that. So when we masturbate, that's what we're doing. We're saying, okay, I know this is kind of crapped out. It feels good. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. No matter who it harms, no matter how much it harms myself, no matter how much it harms my wife or anything like that, no matter how much it displeases our Lord, I don't care. But see, here's what happens when we keep doing that. We turn up, we turn in up on our selfishness, and then that selfishness starts to rule our, ruin our life, run our life. Rule our life. Everything we do is about ourselves. 
We can't even see our way out of it. And this is why we have to understand how important, important, important the Trinity is in our bedroom. Okay. If you don't really still don't kind of get it, I advise you to call me and we could talk more about it because, you know, your question might be better. Okay. So next, therefore, the essence of sex should never be experienced alone, as I said, um, and an injust. Also, it's an injustice to the supernatural institution of marriage and our beloved, you know, um, intimacy. We need God and we need our wife. And so this is why it's important that we bring all those three together. And we cannot, it will not become holy in life or during the marital embrace until we realize the importance of our Lord and our bedrooms. Okay, so that's number one, gentlemen. Think about what I said. Try to contemplate on it a little bit and, and try to see and and, 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 and and let that soak in that, in other words, what God is saying with that number one is, man, you were meant for more than that. You're meant for more than this, okay, as a man, all right? So number two, so um, so somebody said, you should talk about how masturbation makes you effeminate. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> That's under the virtue of chastity, okay? So number two. Number two reason sex dies after marriage, okay, and in and, and the context of holy holy sex and um, in the context of eroticism, okay? Number the couple commits offenses against chastity inside and outside the bedroom. Oh, someone just asked that question, didn't they? The couple commits offenses against chastity inside and outside the bedroom. So I divide this one into two parts, chastity and sexual morality. Now, look, guys. Uh, good morning, Bianca. So, guys, this is going to hurt, okay? It hurt me when I was writing it, <laughs> okay? So, look, this this is the why I said this is a mature subject today coming up. So, I'm gonna not going to be all descriptive like I usually am because this is a thing that will offend you have to be very careful. I have to be very careful with this one. Okay. So if I'm not as descriptive as you like, then you can call me and we can talk about it better. Um, but just being, you know, I, I, I like to be very careful when it comes to this kind of thing. Okay. So the number two reason that sex dies after marriage, after number one, which is not involving God in your bedroom. The number two reason is the couple commits offenses against chastity inside and outside the bedroom. So, Again, I divide this one into two parts, chastity and sexual morality, okay? They're the same, but they're different. We're going to talk about different things, you know, um, with both of them to bring a well-rounded number two, okay? So, chastity builds on the love of God. Remember, all goodness. So, what is chastity? Chastity is the virtue which excludes or moderates the indulgence of the sexual appetite. Ooh, Okay. It is a form of the virtue of temperance, which controls, according to right reason, the desire for, for and use of those things which afford the greatest pleasures. We should all love the virtue of temperance. We should all really love that virtue. You know why? 
because that virtue is 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 what happens with temptation of God and and Christ allows the, the demonic in your life when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, right? And so, like people say, well, you shouldn't let your kids drink wine. No, yes, you should. You're at home. Your kids are growing up. You want your kids to learn temperance. The problem with people who don't really understand the faith, they go, well, you know, all drinking is wrong. All sex is wrong. We can't do, we can't gamble. We can't, we can't drink nothing. So then when you're tested, when, when demons are allowed to test you in which God will, cause you're going to be weak in that area, then how are you going to know how to defend against it? This is why like my younger, all my kids, but my younger two boys, they really hated wine. They didn't like it at all. But I had them, I let them, I had them drink it so they can know what it tastes like. They know what it feels like to start getting a little slight buzz. And then, so when they get out in the world and they start going out and having drinks, they can control themselves. They understand what it's about. Well, if, if you got a kid, he's 18 years old, and this happened to me, not to me, but you know, I understand why this can happen. Um, you know, you're 18 year old, years old, your kids goes off to IU which is a drinking school, which is a party-hardy school, then they become a drunk <laughs> because they're out drinking. They don't, they, don't try to un- they don't try to temper themselves. They don't even understand what temperance means, okay? So this is why we come, this is why chastity is a part of temperance because chastity is the, the right reason that helps us to control our sexual appetites as men. Many, most women are very good at this part. Like, because women look at it like this, you chasing me and I ain't giving you nothing until you deserve it. So they learn, have learned to control themselves. It used to be a lot more before the 60s, the 60s. Now it ain't as such. <laughs> but women still look at sex different than us. Like, listen, I'm just not going to give myself to you for free. Most women, they're not going to do that, right? But men, we're different, right? It's hard for us to control our appetites. It really is. And so this is why chastity is important, okay? So what are offenses against the virtue of chastity? So in the Catholic faith, in the Christian faith, there are offenses against chastity, which if we don't abide by them, they do what? They hurt our soul. They damage our soul. They 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 cause us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. They cause guilt and shame, you know, um, and it's very, it hurts. And so it damages even more because we become hope, hopeless, okay? So uh, what are the offenses against the virtue of chastity? They are lust, masturbation, fornication, pornography, prostitution, rape, same-sex attraction, infidelity, okay? These are all things that make what my friend said, that they make us effeminate. Effeminate does not mean feminine. Effeminate means attached to pleasure. Think about that. Effeminacy means that you are, that I'm not going to say you, I'm going to say us. We are so attached to pleasure that we will not do our duty, our responsibility, the hard stuff, right? So let me put it into the masturbation thing. We're so attached to masturbation that we go, hey, I just got off, so I ain't got to pursue my wife as hard as I would because I don't have that sexual desire. 
so I can be mad at her. If she don't want to give me sex, so what? I ain't gotta try to make I ain't gotta try to make the relationship better. I ain't gotta communicate better with her. Nothing. I ain't gotta try to get her to talk to me because I just got off to watch pornography. So I don't have that lust feeling anymore. So I can I can hold off for a week or two. You see, you see how destructive that is to your marriage and to your family. Cause listen, this is the problem with people, um, with people who have sex before marriage. And I ain't judging you, man, judging your actions. Think about it. You have sex before marriage and women get mad because the man don't marry him. It's the same thing. If you're giving a man intimacy, he's not going to marry you. And if he does, it's going to be three, four, five years. And then even then you, it's a crap shoot. It's a crap shoot. If you're a woman and you don't give a man sex for six months, you'll be married in a year. If he truly loves you and wants to be near you. And if he leaves you, he didn't love you no way, did he? See, God, God puts that check, those check, those benchmarks in there for you to help you out if you just listen. Okay. Um, and so the offenses uh, uh, against chastity, what they do is they harm our soul. They they turn they turn our, our backs against God. They make us effeminate, which means we we become slaves to lust. We become slaves to these things, and so then people the people think so then people think well I, I can do what I want to do, but are you really doing what you want to do? Think about it. If you're same sex attracted and you have to be with a man, are you really in control? Are you, you know, if you're, wa if you're watching pornography and you have to watch pornography, are you really doing what you want to do or are you a slave to that? This is how Satan pulls us in with masturbation and lust and all of that stuff. This is why the virtue of chastity is so important. It took me a long time and a lot of reading to really understand chastity and the importance of controlling our sexual appetites because now when I'm out in the world and I'm thinking about it, then I cannot understand why I'm thinking the things I'm thinking. And it should help you too now that this is Satan attacking you. Okay. This is Satan attacking you. Okay. Um, so remember again, so offenses against the virtue of chastity basically mean that as a man, we are slaves to our passions and embrace selfishness. We allow our body to control us instead of our intellect controlling our body this is the true mark of authentic masculinity think about it christ is true authentic masculinity christ controlled his body he controlled everything how do i know that because he's god right like he told some fool in the bible he said man you think that if i didn't call all of my legions of angels they'd come down here protect me if i wanted them to Think about it. God, Jesus Christ could have opted out of the, of, of, the, of the crucifixion anytime he wanted, but he didn't. Why? Because of his duty and his promise to the father. And this is how men are if women wake up. Women think I sit there, nag him, nag him, nag him all day long, and he going to listen. No, he ain't. He going to tune your butt out. Okay? But if you come to him and say, baby, will you please do this for me? Most men hop up out their thing, out of their chair, and go do it. If you don't commit them nagging, it's like a request. You're my husband. I'm asking you to do me a favor. Can you do it or will you do it?
Okay, this is true authentic masculinity. Men, we control ourselves. This is true authentic masculinity. Christ controlled himself, even though he knew at any time he could opt out, even though he knew at any time that he could not go on that cross. He could have ran. There's a whole lot of things he could have did, but he knew that he was dying for something greater than himself. And this is what you gentlemen must realize. This is what you're doing. When you're making love, you are dying for something bigger than yourself. This is why it's important to leave, to try your best to understand these things. Okay. When you, you're, when you are with your wife and with, you know, your job, you're dying for her. You're giving yourself up for her. You're, you're, when I say die to yourself, when Christ says die to yourself, when the church says die to yourself, that means you do, you ignore your wants, your desires, your needs, and what you want for that of a bigger picture for that of your wife. This is why duty and responsibility and courage are so important. Okay. We cannot defeat lust and invite intimacy in our lives unless we love God and embrace him and cooperate with his plan for our souls, keeping them pure and healthy to give pure love to your beloved. The love of God must be present first and foremost. Why? Because of grace. We underestimate grace y'all. We really do because when we're at mass or if you're a Protestant and you're at church and you're inside church, you're loving God, you feel him, you want to be closer to him. And then we, when that mass, that service is over and we walk out, oh my God, all of the crap comes back, <laughs> right? It all comes back. Um, what'll happen? All that comes back, but with grace, if you ignite God for the rest of the week, that grace will help you, will help you through. Okay, good. My internet came back. All right. So it's important that we understand to give, um, um, to give pure love to our beloved. The love of God must be present first and foremost because of grace. Remember, it takes grace to subdue our rages, our unholy passions, and our selfishness. Again, this is why it takes three to make love. We underestimate God. We underestimate grace in our life. Okay. Next. So now we're going to get to the part, the part two of what uh, I was talking about. So try to stay with me. I'm, I'm going to be as, as, um, <laughs> as mild as I can. All right. So the second part of number two of the couple commits offense against chastity inside and outside the bedroom is sexual purity. So it's the same as chastity, but with more of actions, right? It's, it's, it's more of actions of what I can and can't and shouldn't do. So try to stay with me and try to really give me a chance to help to, to give you the information before you block it out, block me out in your mind or you, you turn me off because this can be very offensive if if you don't really list think about what I'm saying. Okay, so understanding the essence of sexual morality, God mainly intervenes in our bedroom when we interfere with creation. Think about that. Just think about that first statement. God mainly intervenes in our bedroom when we interfere with creation. That's what these rule these things are about that I'm going to talk about. Why? Because 
in order to not be upset about that, you've got to understand what is the purpose of you being on this earth. Why did God create us when he didn't need us? Him and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they was cool all by themselves. They didn't need us. But God, because of his love and mercy and wanting to share his love, he created the angels and us creatures. Okay? Angels are creatures too. Okay? So this is how you, why you've got to understand what I'm getting ready to say in that context. In the context of when, when we interfere in creation, that this is when God is like, no, enough of that. So we interfere in the creation. What's interfering in creation? Anything that stops babies. Because babies are supposed to become saints, to come back to share in God, with God, and be in the beatific vision in heaven and eternity with God. So if we do things to go against that, we are basically defeating the very purpose that God gave, you know, has has us here that he created us and so you go well well jerry why why does why why don't he just make everybody just have babies and not you know and not be going against what he's trying to do because like your children a lot of times when your kids are young you got to spank them you just got to you talk to them you put them on punishment you taking stuff away and they still don't get it you know, they're five and 10 and 15 years old. They ain't listening. So the last resort is what? You got you to spank that butt to get to know what you know. But but then, so what happens is they will come to kids. A lot of times, eventually will come to things on their own. And this is why God doesn't force us to do the procreation thing or will do anything when it comes to him, because then it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We've got to be taught. So what, is, what does he do? When you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He allows temptation in your life. He allows the demonic in your life, which is what temptation is. And then what will happen is your pain will increase in your life, your spiritual pain, your, uh, in, your mental pain, your physical pain will start to increase until you listen. Once you listen, then you'll start to get it. And once you get it, then you'll start to follow the rules. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So sexual morality stipulates that step. What is so sexual morality stipulates what can and can't be done in the bedroom or all grace leaves our bedroom and the love making session. Oh, this is so vital. Many people don't know that. So when you do things inside the bedroom, you and your wife are in grace with God. You think that you do things inside the bedroom that are against chastity or outside of chat or outside the bedroom that are against chastity. God leaves your bedroom. He ain't there. You're by yourself. Just you and your wife. And that means the grace is gone. Okay. And so what happens is eventually that spreads to your, to your marriage that eventually spreads to your children and your family. Okay. So the power, you having the power as a man is very important that you try your best to understand and to fight the things that can separate you from God, that can separate your wife from God. Okay. So sexual, um, so sexual, again, sexual morality stipulates what can and can't be done in the bedroom or all grace leaves our bedroom and love making session. 
things that cause God to leave the bedroom, which means you'll lose grace and have to go to confession. Once you're out of grace with God, you've got to go to confession. If you're a Catholic, if you're a Protestant, you're kind of out of luck. You just got to sit there and go, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry for what I did. And then you got to kind of hope you that God forgives you. You know, um, in the Catholic Church, you you go and you make reparations to God. You got a penance and you you give your soul to the to the priest. You say, I'm sorry. Oh, my Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You do your penance and then you are forgiven. Um, you are forgiven. You know for sure that you're forgiven because priests have the right to loose and um, uh, loose or give and sins on off, you know, forgive sins on earth. When they forgive it on earth then it's forgiven in heaven, okay? That's why that's in scripture. If you don't know that one, boy, you really, you really got, got some learning to do, um, okay? So so that's what happens when you separate yourself from God and he leaves the bedroom. Understand, these things come from St. Alphonse Liguori, who is the moral doctor of the church, and St. Thomas Aquinas, talking about morality in the bedroom. I will not get as graphic as Father Ripperker. If you want more detailed information, please go to YouTube and watch his video, which is called Conjugal Chastity, Father Ripperker by Father Ripperker. And it's the series on marriage, episode two of five. Okay. Generally, Christ and the Holy Spirit leave our bedrooms when we engage in such things as anal sex, oral sex, uh, or ejaculating anywhere but inside the vagina is a mortal sin. Okay, it's important that we understand that putting our semen in other places other than the vase, which is what the vagina is called, it's called a vase. It's a mortal sin. Why? Because of the creation thing, y'all. The creation thing. That's why I'm asking you to look at what I'm saying in the purpose for you very, even your very being. And the purpose of your very being is the, to be with God in heaven. Okay, but you can reject that as a man. You are totally you can reject everything I'm saying or everything, which is not me, but it's really God. What he's saying, you can reject all of that. And then you that means you can choose hell. Look, hey, dude, that's how I look at it. People, people is said in the Catholic Church that know that God does not send anybody to hell. And it's the truth. It's the truth. We send ourselves to hell. Either we're going to conform and be holy or we're going to con not conform and be like Satan. Now, look, what does that mean? Another thing, look at it like this, too. If, if I don't want to conform to God and then I go to heaven, I'm not going to be happy there anyway. Think about it. My whole life, I reject God from the time I, I am at the age of reason at age seven until I died 100 years old for so that's 93 years I reject God I reject anything to do with God I don't I'm not trying to be part of his church like he wants me I'm not trying to go to confession like he wants me I'm not trying to pray like he wants me uh to do I'm not trying to uh treat my wife right I'm not trying to treat my kids right I'm not trying to be a man I'm just trying to do whatever I selfishly want to do and then at the end of my life, I die, and God puts. God says, "Okay, where well, you going to heaven? I'm gonna go." He's he, he's like, "Jesus, going? You're not going to heaven because I would not be happy in heaven because I'm too I'm too what I want to do." Now, once I saw hell, oh, I I changed real quick. But it's too late then. 
This is why it's called faith, gentlemen. This is why it's called faith. There's proof for God. There's many, many proofs for God. There's many proofs for Jesus Christ of all the people who saw him, the apostles, the 5,000. All these people saw Christ. Okay. And so people today said, well, if God, if you really show me a sign, man, he showed you a sign 2,000 years ago. He came down and became Jesus Christ and did the deal. So no matter what I show you, you ain't going to believe me no way. Why? Because we're going to rationalize our sin. We don't want to be, we don't want to do all this stuff God wants to do because it's hard. To do what God wants us to do is hard. And so this is why when it's time, you've got to understand when it's your, upon your immediate judgment, Jesus Christ comes called particular judgment. You will be judged right then. And if your whole life, our whole life, we, 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 we left, we didn't do God's will or even try to conform and do what he asked us to do, we wouldn't be happy in heaven anyway. So why? We want hell. We're asking for hell. This is why God does not send anybody to hell. They send themselves. Okay? Because they wouldn't want to be before God anyway. They would be miserable. Okay, this is why our souls are tempered. This is why over your life, your soul is tempered. That's why you have so much pain, so much suffering. Why? Because that draws us to Christ. Okay, so then at the end of your life, if you have more temper, if you have more soul, if you have more, uh, more things that your soul needs for purity, then you go to purgatory and then God burns the rest of your impurities off of your soul so that you will love and be able to be with him. So you'd be mad if, if God burnt your soul and you, and you don't want to go anyway. All right. All right. I hope you guys understand that it's, it, it, it is kind of a complicated concept of Christ and his church, but man, this is why study and knowledge of God is so important. The things that I talked to you guys about, it took me years to learn of, of listening and studying and reading scripture and the catechism. I listened to Father Ripperger and Catholic Answers and show after show after show because I had the fire to learn. And this is how you change your family. You guys whose wife is not Catholic and you're Catholic, the reason she ain't Catholic is because, man, you ain't taught her nothing. You ain't trying to um be, you're not trying to lead her. And, you know, and and so, and, or you're an ogre, and, and she's like, ooh, you're Catholic, and you mean, what do I want to be Catholic for if I'm going to turn out like you, right? This is why we have to guide and be loving, okay? So, like I said, ejaculating anywhere but inside the vase, which is the woman's vagina, is a mortal sin. I explain why, okay, uh, because of creation. Again, God gets involved in the sexual act mainly when the couple does anything that interferes with creation, the creation process, which means what? For example, contraception, which is what? Pills, rubbers, IUDs, birth control shots, abortion, tubal ligation, and basically ejaculating anywhere outside the vagina. People really, really think People really, really think, man, that all that abortion stuff, God was like, who with that? People really think that. They really think we should have no consequences for that. We killed millions of babies in this country. Millions of them. We ain't supposed to, you know, kill all those souls. And that kills me how the Catholic Church, which is my church, uh, it's can kill me how they they get mad because ain't nobody coming to mass and stuff. You know why nobody coming to mass? 
because the country killed them all. We aborted all the people that should be filling your pews right now. You Protestant preachers too. We killed them all, man. You killed millions and millions of babies, which means they didn't have babies, which means they babies' babies didn't have no babies. The black man gets so upset about, you know, whoa, the white man's against me and everybody's racist. The white man didn't tell you to go kill millions of, millions of black, pe- black, uh, black kids, did he? Did they? And that's, that's, that's the thing we got to really realize. Look at ourselves, man. People really think the abortion thing is cool, that it was all right, that I can decide what I want to do with my body. And, sure. and then we all just stood around and let them, except the Catholics. Believe it or not, the Catholics are the one to start the pro-life movement. The reason Roe versus Wade got overturned is because of Catholics. Don't get it twisted. Nothing about Obama is the same thing. People think, black people think that we elected Obama. We didn't elect Obama. White folk elected Obama. <laughs> We like 12, 13 percent of the country. How how are we gonna elect anybody outside of our city, our county, or our city or whatever? White folks elected Obama before you get it twisted. That's why you had the first black president because of white people. And that's another thing. We got to get over this crap, man. The church is the way. All this racism and crap, man. I know I'm getting off subject a little bit, but it's part of what I'm saying. The church is the way. Universally, it's called Catholic. Universally, is the way. And if uh, if we allow our race and our culture and where we come from to be more important than God and His Church and Christ and the and the and the Blessed Mother and the angels and the saints and and Jesus Christ and the, and the Holy Spirit, we have a moral problem. Like my wife says. Okay, and and this is why we must understand our. This all comes into our bedroom, man. This all comes into our bedroom. Masturbation and pornography complete uh, are considered total selfish acts, and we talked about that. Um, and love is meant to be shared, and these acts can cause erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. All right, almost done for the day. Uh, to be clear and strict. To be clear, a strict general rule is this. Now, guys, try to try to hear me on this. Don't don't kill the messenger. <laughs> to be clear and strict, the general rule is this. It is immoral and against the natural law, which is what? What's the natural law of the Ten Commandments? Okay, written on our heart. God didn't just send us here broken. He really wrote the Ten Commandments and the natural law on our hearts. Okay. Um so it is immoral and against the natural law to place body parts inside of other body of other body parts that that body part is not naturally made for. So I'm going to say that again. The general rule when it comes to intimacy inside the bedroom, the marital embrace is it is immoral and goes against chastity and against the natural law to place body parts inside of other body parts that that body part is not naturally made for. So, for example, as the penis is made specifically for the vase, the vagina, it is improper to place it inside the mouth for which the mouth is not made for the insertion of the penis. It is made for what? For eating. And look, guys, I know that's a tough one. (laughs) That's a tough one. But I'm giving you the fullness of the faith. 
the complete and total truth of 2,000 years of what Christ is asking of us. Why? To grow holy and to be closer to him. Next, you must understand that is that it is lust and not intimacy, these things that I say. And if we participate in these this act, these acts, lust and evil will consume our love making, and God will not bless it, and it will become completely disordered, which means without or void of God. More and more over time, God will in fact leave our bedroom and the evil will enter it. We must understand that lust is evil and evil will not stop at just consuming your lovemaking. It will begin to spread into your marriage and your home and even into your children. Okay. So uh, that is where, that is kind of where we're going to stop for today um, because well, it's after 11, um, it's after the hour, but, Another thing, too, is um, I'm going to get to start with three tomorrow. Um, these first three are very important that you try your best to understand these first three because four through ten, the four through ten will help you because we're going to compare, actually compare holy sex to eroticism, like side by side. So that you can really see and understand like why this is the way it is and how it can affect your very life and your soul and your everyday. Okay. Um, and so with that being said, I will take a break and we will be right back and wrap this up. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern live streamed on YouTube, rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay. All right. So, hey, thank y'all for hanging out today. And I know this is a very, uh, it could, be, well, it could be controversial, but it's, it's, it's a kind of complicated. Um, and it's, it's a, it's the second, you know, the thing about being Catholic is this, man, you never know everything about God and everything about the faith in, in, in your lifetime. That's why it's so awesome. 2000 years. And if you're Protestant, and a lot of Protestants, what they do is they are Protestant like Baptist or Methodist, Lutheran for years and years, and then they convert to Catholicism. 
And then what happens is they continue their faith on towards God. This is why I look at Protestantism as a way to start if that's all you got, because that's all I had, and I didn't even get that. You know? So a lot of times, because, man, another thing that a lot of you guys know already is, man, I didn't even know what a Catholic was when I was a kid in my teens and my 20s and early 30s. I know what no Catholics was. I didn't know what a Catholic was until I, I met my wife and we started dating stuff. I'm serious. I didn't even know what a Catholic was, dude. So the Holy, this is why people say the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. Like the Holy Spirit, this is why there is Protestantism today because the Catholic Church is the, the number one church. Catholic Church is the church that God wants us to be in. But if you're a five-year-old, 10-year-old, and your parents don't know about the Catholic Church, they, they didn't grow up like that, or they didn't even know God at all, what the heck are they supposed to do? What are people supposed to do? You know? And the thing it is, the Holy Spirit guides us if we listen. It's a lot harder to listen to the Holy Spirit when you don't grow up in the faith like I did. I did not grow up in the faith, y'all. I didn't. And so I didn't really know what the Holy Spirit was saying. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the natural law inside me, I would not be here right now because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have nothing. I wouldn't have nothing to draw me to God. So when I this stuff we covered today is very, it's complicated. It's 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 a concept that many Protestants and a, mo, and a little lot of Catholics don't even want to, don't understand, don't even want to try to understand because it makes us think too much. This is why you hear me say, and many people say, priest and laity, that the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith, the Christian faith is a faith of the intellect, not a faith of emotion. Because if, you are, if we're always in emotion all the time, then we can't grow in our intellect. We can't grow in the knowledge of God, right? Okay? Because, of course, as you know, God will start to strip that from you, your emotions from you, and then what do you have left? So thank you guys for hanging out today. Man, I'm so proud. I had a lot of people listening today. That was great. And um, I hope that I see you tomorrow, that we can do tomorrow. We're going to start with part two. Um, and, you know, after this, y'all, I'm going to give sex a break for a while, okay? I promise. <laughs> y'all probably tired of me talking about sex. <laughs> but you know what? It's the second most important thing in management. You got to understand it. So with that being said, we end today with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!